proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs and exclusive home of Cubs Check-In. Open online today at wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. I'm Andy Martinez. I'm here joined by two fantastic guys, Cole Wright and Bruce Levine. All right. Fantastic. Like Fantas the not the Fantastic Five, we're the Fantastic Three for the day. Yeah, exactly. Yourself included. Yeah, You're yeah, fantastic yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, Bruce, I like Bruce, it. Bruce is leader of the pack, though. Bruce, Bruce is leader of the pack. Fantastic. I've been fantastic longer. That's right. That's, well, that's right. Much longer. Right, that's right. Hey, speak. you know what was fantastic for Cubs fans? The newest reported signing. Bruce, I'm going to start with you because this was, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a reason we're doing this podcast, and, and, and you can tell us, you can fill us in a little bit why. Well, Suzuki is the guy. And uh, we alluded to it uh, on Marquee for a number of days before running up to this. And uh, he is a terrific right fielder, a gold glove caliber right fielder, a guy that hits a lot of home runs, 38 in the Japan last year, and still a very young man at 27. So uh, this is a great deal for the Chicago Cubs. It's a great deal for Suzuki, who comes to Chicago and will have a great following there. And on top of all that, guys, it creates uh, some real depth for David Ross, the middle of his lineup, and the outfield as well. Yeah, And that really fits in the timeline of what Jed Hoyer's been saying, right? You know, they've mentioned that they want to be competitive, but they also have that eye on the future. And Seiya Suzuki fits all those boxes, right, Bruce? Yeah, of course. I, I mean, again, your form formulation of your lineup, you know, with, with Contreras, uh, with Wisdom, uh, with Schwindel, uh, with Hayward being in there somewhere maybe playing center field. Uh, you know, this is a, an important addition, and I know the Cubs are not done yet. Yeah, we did see Jason Hayward shagging some fly balls in center field earlier today, and when it just comes to that level of compete, all the guys that are already penciled in, they know that a big-time bat's coming in, and there's a spot that he wants for, for his home position. That's going to cause a lot of guys to go out there and, and put that extra, that little extra effort, that best foot forward. It's all about competition, and as cliche as it sounds, the cream, it rises to the top, Andy. Yeah, it definitely does, and there's a lot of flexibility right now. You, Ian Happ, uh, for those that didn't know, at the beginning of camp, he was announced he had uh, elbow surgery back in February. He's taking things a little slow, not to say he isn't working out or doing anything, but, you know, he's taking a little, the Cubs are wanting to make sure they're taking it slow. That Having someone like Suzuki creates a lot of flexibility in the sense that they can, you know, play around and have him DH and, and not lose anything uh, offensively or defensively. Yeah. Right, it also creates uh, more depth, and uh, like I said, the Cubs are not done adding to their outfield or adding to their infield. They're going to make some more signings this week, I believe. And uh, the depth also allows them to look at the trade market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if they have depth in the outfield and they have left-handed bats, there's, you know, there's probably some teams out there that they match up with and they could bring in some younger pitching for both the bullpen and the starting rotation that way. I think I just read between the lines and Bruce thinks that there could be some guys going and there could be some other guys coming around yeah. here. It's a pretty good indicator. Yeah, Bruce uh, Bruce is always uh, you got his ear to the right. ear to the ground. He's always got knows what's coming. It's it's very fluid right now, but it's not just with the Cubs. It's uh, all yeah. the teams mm -hmm. in baseball. You see all these signings here, you know, that have taken place and the Cubs are adding more pitchers every day and every team is really just putting their roster to, together like it's the winter meetings and spring training all combined. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Bruce, have you ever seen an offseason like this? Because uh, it's it's pretty wild that David Ross is, you know, three weeks away from opening day, and his roster could look completely different yeah. come opening day. Well, you know, add on to that that uh, arbitration yeah. for players hasn't been done yet. And you're going to see in the season for the first time players going to arbitration cases and deciding, you know, whether or not – they get X amount or X amount. So yeah. uh, th there are so many moving parts right now. But 
the great news is it's baseball's back. Yeah. The fun is there, and you can talk about your teams adding every day. Yeah, and I actually want to get to that. Because we were so excited about the Suzuki signing, we kind of forgot to mention, you know, baseball's been back after a 99-day lockout. Cole, what was your initial reaction? What was How happy were you when you got the news that, hey, you know, baseball's back? I was excited. I mean, you, you may be a little too young for this, but I don't know if you remember the old Kool-Aid commercials where the, the Kool-Aid actual yeah, pitcher, uh, yep, yeah, yep. when someone would say, oh, yeah, or say, we need, I wish we had some Kool-Aid, he'd run through a brick wall. And oh, that's yeah. pretty much how we felt when we headed into the Marquee Sports Network studios. Uh, you know, I, I spoke with one of our producers, uh, Nick Steger. He's like, hey, you may want to make sure that you stay ready because something tells me that there, there could be a deal that's reached yeah. today. And, you know, I was out running errands and, you know, got the call and you know, jumped in the car and made sure that we were going to have at, at least 60 minutes wall to wall of quality, you know, yeah. a, a, a pseudo pregame show, but just letting everybody know here's what went down. Baseball is back and it's going to be coming to a, a theater near you sooner rather than later. And I just want to say we got to work on a Photoshop where we get your face on the Kool-Aid man Kool to right. right. the wall. Right. I think that would be a good, I think okay, that would be a good Photoshop. Right, we'll, Bruce, we'll Bruce, what was your reaction when you heard that baseball was back? Well, I was just happy for the fans, mm -hmm. okay? And, and we heard it was back, but we also heard the important number, 162. Yeah. That means the fans were not going to be punished for the owners and the players trying to split up the money, okay? I, I think that was important, and I think I give the owners and the players a lot of credit for making sure that they got the 162 in yeah. because baseball really can't afford to push fans away, and for that three-month period, it, it got a little ugly. You know, people were getting a little upset about the fact that they were going to miss their games, and now we're hearing it'll be all 162 plus bonus baseball, expanded playoffs, mm -hmm. expanded playoffs. That creates a lot of opportunities. Um, what have you got? What have you guys made uh, of the Cubs at least initially as camp has opened up? Um, especially like you mentioned with the with the uh, additional playoff spots. You know, the, uh, an NL Central division that really, frankly, could be pretty wide open. I don't know about you, Bruce, but you know the one thing that I've taken away so far is a lot of these guys. They've come into camp, and it's not like there's that that runway. Okay, well, it's day one. Now I have to get ready. You know, a lot of you know a lot of jogging, a lot of seventy-five percent swings. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of guys that clearly had an off-season routine and regimen, and they, they stuck to it. And they're coming in here, and they're, they're ready to go. Whether it's a cat like Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, I mean, whether it's a Michael Hermosillo, I've seen all these guys that they, they pay such close attention not only to what they do on the field but everything off the field it goes into their diet it goes into their into their preparation their, their workouts their stretching these guys are a whole different breed of baseball players than we've seen even in the last 25 35 years bruce well you got to slow your roll a little bit because all three guys that you mentioned were injured last year okay so okay, so you don't yeah. you don't want to rush into this thing uh, there's that tendency for these athletes, and you know, uh, you played baseball for a long time as well, Cole. Uh, there's that tendency to, to rush out there and, and do everything you can in July and August when you know you haven't played uh, in cleats for over four months. So it's important that they, they get ready, but also not try to do too much because, again, these games don't count. It's important to prepare for the regular season, but not tear your way through spring training and, and risk injury. It's it's a fine line between the two. Look at Bruce adding a dash of realism when yeah, I have uh, yeah. uh, just some heightened expectations for guys who were injured last year. Sorry about that, Bruce. <laughs> I, I need to get back no in problem. line. I will also say about Nico Horner, here. if you have a second, go on, uh, go follow, if you aren't already, you should yep. be following at Watch Marquee on Twitter. Great, twi uh, great tweet where it's all smiles from spring training. Everyone's, the, there's three pictures that are smiling and the fourth picture is the most serious Nico Horner yeah. face you can find. I showed it to him, and he was cracking up laughing. He loved that really? tweet. He was, he was, okay. He's like, that's some pretty good stuff. Um, speaking of a shortstop, though, the Cubs signed a shortstop, a de defensive wizard, um, some might say. 
Angelton Simmons met with the media for the first time this uh, here at camp. Bruce, what were your takeaways from Angelton Simmons, and what does he bring to this to this Cubs team? Well, he brings a lot of professionalism and and a great glove. Uh, every pitcher that uh, Cole and I have talked to, they all mention, man, it's going to be great to be able to serve up a ground ball and know it's going to get scooped up and it's going to be an out. You know, that's a great feeling to have a gold glove and one-time platinum glove behind him. Yeah. And he was uh, he was very uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, he's accepting of his role as sometimes starting shortstop, maybe starting somewhere else, even though he's played his whole career at shortstop and, and has been a great one. But, Cole, I, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts about what you saw from him today? Well, Anderson Simmons, one thing we do know, like you said, he's a perennial gold glover, one that four times has himself a platinum glove to his credit. And when you have defense, that, that just makes things that much easier. When yep. there's less chaos on the base paths for whether it's a catcher or a pitcher it just it, it puts them at ease and you've watched a whole lot more baseball than any of us <laughs> and you know when, when guys play solid sound defensive baseball more times than not it, it translates into wins and it, uh, once again it sounds very cliche but defense wins games and if you yeah. feel the ball if you pick it and you throw it and then you just add a few little knocks in there i mean yeah one nothing games. There's nothing wrong with those. They all look the same in the books. And to have a, a defensive dynamo like Anderson Simmons, yeah, that, that's big time. A win's a win in the column that's at the end of the day. The same, yeah, right? whether it's ten nine or one nothing, like you said. Yeah. And and one thing too, you're right about defense. When we look at that 2016 Cubs team, what was so great about them was their defense. They sure. were so strong defensively. And adding someone like Anderson Simmons really assures that that defense. And, and even like in 2020, they, they yeah. won the, the very first team gold glove yeah. and they won the division. Yeah. yeah, obviously things didn't go as planned versus versus the Miami Marlins. But as if you can go out there and you can pick it and you can make all your throws, it puts you in a better place. At yeah, least, exactly. At least mentally, you know right. that you're one step closer to getting a win there. And to that point, that 2020 team, you know, there were some struggles offensively, yeah. but because their defense and pitching was so strong, sure. that allowed them to, you know, win the division, which, you know, you don't have to win every game. Uh, you know, slugging four home runs or, or putting up 12 runs. You know, if you can, you know, squeak across a run or two and then play good defense, pitch good game, you're in position. Uh, you mentioned, Bruce, a pitcher, Wade Miley, Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks. Those three guys are, are, are we all know what they're capable of, contact-oriented bats. But yep. what should Cubs fans expect out of Wade Miley and Marcus Stroman, the two new guys that are going to, you know, be the, the, the front the front and center of the of the Cubs rotation. Well, you're going to expect professional starts, and you're hoping to get 30 to 32 from each, okay? Yeah. The thing that I like most about Stroman, you know, he, he should be uh, big in Chicago, and he should be, be a big contributor. I think he's already pretty big. I, yeah. I would say so. Well, you know, it, it was interesting <laughs> to talk to him the other day and see the man away from Twitter. Yeah. And a totally different guy, but still, you know, very much honest and uh, talking directly to you and looking you in the eye, uh, but uh, you know a very well-spoken guy who articulates very well. But with Miley, automatically what you have is something that the, the Cubs didn't have until the last three, four weeks, maybe month of uh, last year, and that is a left-handed arm, mm -hmm. so that uh, when you're in a three-game series, other teams can't cheat on you and yeah. have the predictability of three right-handers in a row all throwing pretty much at the same Velocity. speed variance, yep. okay? That hurt the Cubs drastically last year, and you, you saw starts start to dwindle, uh, innings start to dwindle. So uh, I, I think automatically Miley adds that dimension to the starting pitching. Yeah, and, and what was 
crucial about, I thought at least about the Strowman and Miley signings, is that in addition to Kyle Hendricks, it's a guy who gives you length, another guy who can give you five, six, maybe seven innings on a, on a giving outing. The Cubs just didn't have that last year throughout any point of the, of the season. You were relying on someone like Keegan Thompson or Justin Steele to cover two innings before you got to the back end of the bullpen. So do the Cubs have enough pitching? Would you say now, or, or do they still need to go out and get some more? They're, they're going to get more. They're going to get more. And uh, you're going to see more signings over the next few days, I'm sure. Uh, adding to the bullpen, you know, like David Robertson, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, Stephen Brault has been mentioned as a part of this team. So uh, they will have uh, guys like Brault who have, who have started and also relieved before as, you know, a part of this. And Robertson's going to add a lot of dimension to the uh, setup role very important guy who's been around for a long time but uh, they're not done the, the Cubs are going to be very busy uh, over this next couple of weeks leading into the regular season as well. Cole what do you want to see out of Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele some of those two young arms that have come up through the system that could play a big role here in 2022. I want to see those guys pitch with confidence. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's one of the most important things when you're out there on the hill. Yeah. You know, just having confidence in your stuff. You know, not wavering from that, being able to pound that zone, and you know, e even if you get behind in the count, you know, trust in yourself, trust in that pitch. Yeah. You know, if, if that's if that's what you want, if that's what your skipper and that's what your catcher is calling for, then go in there and do it. Like if a mistake is made, that's all part of the game. Like, yeah. You're gonna have guys behind you that are gonna go out there and suck it up, like we talked about with Simmons. Uh, it's 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 all part of the game and the, the the evolution and maturation process of these younger guys. And I feel as if you know if, if the Cubs are able to put up runs and some mistakes are allowed to be made, I feel like the more mistakes that are made earlier on, the less that are made as you get towards the back half of the season. So I feel like these guys are they a work in progress? Yes, but like we've talked about with other sports. Young guys get called up all the time. Yeah. There, there's, there's never that that runway where they say, oh, well, we don't know. Maybe he's not yeah, ready yet. Maybe right. he is, like we see in baseball. And I think both of those guys that you mentioned, they're, they're both ready. And I think this is going to be the year where they, where they really put that best foot forward. Yeah, and and, and Bruce, what, what is some realistic expectations for someone like those guys? Are, are there limits on them, what they can do this year or, or, or on how they're going to use them this year? I don't know. I, I mean, uh, you see them report in great shape. Uh, they, they put their innings in last year. But... I mean, I don't see either one of them throwing 170 innings, but uh, I, I think they could be combinations of starters and relievers and, you know, spot starting. And then, you know, a, a guy uh, like Steele, he might come out of the blue and they might let him throw 130 to 140 innings and they might be very valuable ones. So uh, I look for the, both of those guys to be important uh, additions this year from the beginning. Good stuff, Bruce. We're going to take a quick break and hear from our, our sponsor, Wintrust. At Wintrust, we know true fans show their team pride every chance they get. With Cubs checking, you'll score a Cubs debit card so you can show your support every time you pay. Open today at Wintrust.com slash Cubs Weekly. $100 required to open. Member FDIC. We're back to the Cubs Weekly podcast. Bruce, um, There, it wasn't all, you know, uh, smiles and, and good feelings. There was some injury news that came up as we touched, touched on a little bit earlier. Ian Happ, what's the latest on him and, and what can we expect from, from him? Well, he's very upbeat, as he always is. And, uh, you know, even though he had the elbow surgery, they feel that he will be in some form, whether it's DH or ready to play the outfield, ready by opening day. I think it's, it's a little bit, uh, you know, not – not right to think that he's going to be playing the outfield opening day, but yeah. you know, having that switch hitting bat ready for opening day, uh, they feel he has a free and easy swing. But uh, realistically, I think it'll take a little while before he's playing in the outfield. Remember, you move from Arizona at 85 degrees and beautiful to to, to Chicago, and you know, playing Milwaukee 
and probably whether it could be anywhere from 30 to 50. That's also a consideration for injuries. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's pretty much it on him. What, what have you seen with Edward Alzali? Yeah, Edward Alzali is another guy that, you know, the first couple of days of camp, we didn't see him throwing. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, revealed that he had suffered what was originally called the shoulder in, uh, or shoulder tightness. And then speaking to him, he told us, you know, it was his terrace major muscle in his in his uh, lat. Uh, and it's something that originally popped up in 2018 when he was a minor leaguer and, you know, kept him out for, for four months. Mm -hmm. And Jed Hoyer mentioned it's not going to be, uh, you know, a minimal IL stint were his exact words. It's not going to be a minimal thing. So that's, you know, another arm that they're losing out of out of their rotation that could have been, you know, a possibility to be a fifth starter or something. So that's something that they're going to have to fill in. And, and it was, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Bruce, but at least talking to Adbert, he's always an upbeat guy. And you yeah. can tell there was some, a little bit of somberness in his in his right. tone. Well, you know, injuries have, have taken away from him. And, and he's mm -hmm. shown signs of brilliance sometimes in four or five innings where yeah. he's dominant. Yeah. You know, just... You know, and, and then and then again, I think about that start or excuse me, that relief that Savi had in Minnesota, yeah. I believe, uh, right. last year. Right. And so, you know, the stuff is there and, you know, the determination is there. He's just been sidelined by injuries. And this is hard for him because he knows even after he comes back, as Hoyer said, um, they're going to have to be careful with yeah. him. And so uh, the innings load might be different. Maybe uh, you and I were talking, Cole and I were talking. You know, maybe he goes to the bullpen now. Yeah. Maybe he's a long man and a, and a really good one. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I, I liked Adbert Alzali as a starter. Yeah. But I loved him as a reliever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's the washed-up reliever inside of me, <laughs> but I mean, when he came out, I mean, the, the small sample size, yeah. he came out there, he was blowing doors, and that's what you wanted to see, and, and like that compete. I mean, even if it's only for one or two innings, yeah. if he's going to go out there and be a dog for those one or two innings, if he can give you six outs and six straight outs, yeah. that's what you want to see. That's a feather in the cap. And and that's the thing is there's so much there, – that's a weapon, rather, in your in your, in your your pitching core in some capacity, whether it is – you know, we've seen teams get creative and use an opener, right, where they come yep. out and use a one or two sure. innings. That is, that Maybe that's a possibility once he comes back. It'll be interesting to see how they use him, but there's definitely a use for him in this, in this Cubs rotation. Uh, um, Bruce, I also want to talk to you about – we also have a sense of normalcy back here at Cubs camp. Uh, you know, the clubhouse is back open. There aren't the COVID restrictions that we've had in the past. Uh, what's it been like for you to, you know, kind of get back to quote unquote normal? Well, just talking to uh, Jason Hayward uh, the first day we were allowed into the clubhouse and the idea that uh, uh, media is back in there for the, for, for the first time in two years. He, uh, he, he pretty much said, you know, to me, a lot of guys said, you know, well, it wasn't bad not having media in here because we could go about our business. <laughs> but he said it wasn't normal. He said yeah. that a normal baseball day for him and a lot of the veteran players is when the media comes in, that's the time to get busy on your day, okay? Mm -hmm. And that means that you talk to the media, you get prepared mentally by continuing to talk about the game, and then you physically go out there and, and do batting practice, get ready for a game. So he, he felt that uh, the media was missed uh, in his end because it, it – it changed the normal cadence. And he said, remember one thing. You guys weren't in here and you were assuming everything was the same in the clubhouse for us. It wasn't. Yeah. We were yeah. social distancing. We were dealing with uh, people getting sick all the time. Uh, it wasn't wasn't uh, normal for us either. So having you back in here now makes things more normal about how real baseball is. And it was nice getting back in there and just catching up with some of these guys where, you know, everything was via Zoom in the past. and, and it, it, there, there was that human element, that, you know, that, that communication aspect. Right. I was talking to Jason Hayward myself, and we were talking about Bad Bunny, 
which I mean, I, right. I know you Latin know Bad Bunny. Trap. That's Latin what they call Trap. It. Yeah, yeah, like you told me that though. Yes, I, I did not yes, know the correct. actual genre. It is not of reggaeton. Bunny. It is okay. Latin Trap. Right. Think of it like right. uh, Fetty Wap, Spanish Fetty well, Wap. Okay. You know, you know what was great watching Cole, just talking to guys one on one again. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, and you know, Cole Cole is from the Chicago area originally, but uh, reestablished himself when he came back to Marquee, and he, he's gotten tight with a lot of the players. You couldn't do that. No. Uh, after March of 2020, so. All of us suffered, and you don't care about that, but for our ability to report things, unique things, fun things, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be so much better and back to where it was in 2020 before the uh, uh, pandemics took all that away from us. Yeah, and Bruce, like you mentioned, like just the ability to go out there when guys are taking you know, batting practice, when they have live BP, and you know, not, not only do I get to just catch up with some of the players on the sidelines, but I get to catch up with, with some of the legends of the franchise. Yeah. Like today I was able to stand in between Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson, like the 12-year-old version yeah, I was of me about was to say ready before, yeah, to yeah. my clothes, absolutely. But just to sit there and, and talk hitting with, with all-stars with yeah. with the hall of famers and, and legends of the game like uh, ryan sandberg was sitting there talking about how much he loves nick madrigal's approach and yeah. he wants him to stay true to that approach is yeah. he a guy who's going to hit a ball at the ballpark every once in a while sure. he's going to run into one but what does he do he gets hits he makes yeah. solid contact he sees the ball he hits the ball and that's what you want to see you want those table setters yeah you want those guys who can who can get, get the pitcher off his off his uh, his his card early in the game mm -hmm. and that's what we're going to see and he, he likes nico's game and there's a lot of guys that right now he, he appreciates what they're doing and he hopes they stay in stride with that and just to be able to have those conversations like bruce talked about I mean, it's it's unbelievable just to be able to pick the brain of a Hall of Famer and just to talk yeah. hitting with them and see how they went about their business once upon a time. It's it's enlightening. And and to that point, it, it just makes us all better, right? Being able yeah. to tell the, a story better, being able to kind of explain why things are being done a certain way, uh, it just makes everyone better. And 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 Nick, on that point, Nick Madrigal, you know, he didn't earn the nickname Nicky Two Strikes for right. for for uh, for, uh, for any other reason. Um, I do want to know, guys, wh as we continue Cubs camp, what are you guys looking forward to? What are you guys uh, hoping to see, you know, as the you know last few weeks of, uh, of spring training that just started, really, uh, come to a close? Well, we've seen a lot of these guys from uh, last year on, but none of them have worked together from spring training on. I mean, yeah. you see the additions of Ortega and Schwindel and Wisdom. They were minor league players trying to make it uh, last mm -hmm. year. You know, uh, Schwindel uh, wasn't even with the team until the trade, but you know, Wisdom and Ortego, they were mop-up guys. Yep. So now they are main players in going forward here. I want to see them mesh together. I think Ross and the coaching staff want to see them mesh together as a group and, and see how that all works out. There's going to be a lot of new faces, so uh, there's plenty of work to be done from, from that way. But I think there's a lot of excitement for Cub fans getting ready to see this new version of the Chicago Cubs coming in 2022. Yeah, and plain and simple, guys just ready to get after it. Earlier yeah. in the day, I was able to shoot uh, a first-base defensive tutorial with Frank Schwindel, and, you know, in years past, we wouldn't be able to do that. Mm -hmm. And just to be able to build that common bond, whether or not it's being able to get the guys once the season gets underway to come right across the street to the studio, and it just yeah. makes it that much easier. When they know that, okay, we're all on the same team and we're all in this together and, and we can work as one cohesive unit, that makes things just that much easier. And, that, and that's what we're seeing right now. I, I do want to get back on Frank Schwindel really quickly. Bruce, what what is what are realistic expectations? What what can Cubs fans expect to see? Because I, he's going to get a crack, you know, barring something dramatic, he's going to get a crack at that opening day first base. Yeah, I think triple crown, uh, 350, <laughs> 52 home runs, 147 RBI. You know, they did everything with him last year. You know, we always talk in baseball about when a new guy comes in and he's hot, 
and then the other team eventually gets a read on what he can't do. With Schwindel, he adjusted beautifully when they started throwing the ball outside and throwing more breaking balls. He took the hit to the right field instead. I mean, so mm -hmm. uh, I, th I think the, the sky's the limit for the guy. I'm not predicting he's going to be the MVP or an all-star, but I think he's a good base baseball player, and I, I think that he can continue on in that mode. Sounded like he thinks he's going to put up some George Foster 1977 yeah. numbers. Yeah. 49 home runs, 152 stakes. Uh, yeah. It's pretty solid. Frank Swindell, come on through. Yeah, two months of it, what we saw was, yeah. was incredible. You know, it, was, it, it started so slowly, right? It was like, oh, he had a good game. Oh, he had a good couple games. Oh, he had a good week. He had a good month. He had a good two months. Yeah, the dude can just hit. No yeah. doubt. What do you What do you love so much about Frank Schwindel? Like, is, is it the old school approach? What What is it that you like it's, about? It's, it's just his bat to ball skills, man. Yeah. It's a, he hits the ball where it's pitched. I mean, he he puts good swings on balls that are in his wheelhouse, and he puts, you know, good swings on balls that are, are out of the zone, and and that's what you yeah. want to see. You want to see a guy who's always just trying to hit the ball hard and make something happen, create yeah. some chaos. You know, that's what we always talk about. If if you can get out there and and, and get guys out of their comfort zone. That's that's big, and what we've seen him do in, in a small sample size, he, he goes out there, and if you hit the ball hard, you know more times than not, it's going to find some holes, and that's what we saw with him last year. And some people were like, "Well, well, he got lucky on a few hits." Well, sometimes they say it's better to be lucky than good, and yeah. if you continue to put the ball in play yeah. at, at at a high clip, those balls are going to find holes. So yeah. at the end of the day, is it really luck? Not necessarily. You're going out there, and that's what's called being a baseball player, and he's a hitter eight days a week. And that's the thing, you know, if we, if it was one week where he was hitting 400, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah, that's probably, a, you know, I think it was Jim Deshays who said it famously once, who, you know, anyone can be better than Mike Trout in a week. But the thing that makes Mike Trout so great is sustainability. That exactly. Yeah. Uh, and and so now the next step is to see Frank Schwindel. Bruce, who, which player should Cubs, which player will Cubs fans keep an eye on uh, in spring training, and who do you think could make a real lasting impression here this spring? I'll go with uh, Madrigal. Uh, here's a guy that I don't think Cub fans know a heck of a lot about. They're, you know, Cub fans are educated. They know they, that he played on the other side of town, but not for a long time. This guy's ability to put the ball in play and hit it hard is impressive. You know, he, as Cole named him Nicky Two Strikes, you know, he, he's a very difficult guy to strike out, yeah. always puts it in play, and kind of a throwback player. Uh, staying healthy is going to be key for him, but uh, you know he should become a fixture there at second base and become a, a big fan favorite, I believe. Cole, who are you looking? Who are you keeping an eye on this spring? Well, you know, one guy we talked about him earlier, and you talked about you know whether it's it's Madrigal or Nico, and then I made mention of Michael Hermosillo, guys who were hurt. You know, last year we saw him in flashes, yeah, and and then towards the end of the campaign, you know, we saw him sustain an injury, and just having the ability to catch up with him one on one. Yeah, you know, we've had a nice little dialogue on Twitter over the last year and change, but. You know, to be able to get face to face and shake hands and just talk about, you know, how he's getting ready for the season. And you saw him out here after everyone pretty much had split. He was out here getting some stretching in, doing some leg work, and you saw he had his shoes off. And it's it's just the fine tuning. Yeah. And it's I think he knows that this is a big opportunity. He's a guy who turned down a, a full a full football scholarship to University of Illinois. Yeah. And it was told like, you know, it's not easy to become a pro. And he said, I know that, but that's that's what I want to do, and, and that's what he's doing right now. And you put in the work. You know, sometimes it pays off, and right now, it's all the work that he's putting in is paying off, at least this far. Yeah, and I'm going to go with Jan Gomes. I think having a, a backup catcher for Wilson Contreras is huge. You know, we saw the effects that, you know, having the re the revolving door of backup catcher for Wilson Contreras did to him last year. I'm interested to see Jan Gomes having not only a, a quality, quality uh, a backup catcher, but a guy who can, you, you know, when you when you have to go to Jan Gomes, 
You're not. It's not a big drop off. Yeah. I, you know, like it was in the past where you weren't sure what you're getting. Former All Star and Silver Slugger and Bruce, if I'm not mistaken, he's slated to catch the first game of the split squad versus the White Sox, and then be back behind the dish on Friday. And Wilson right. Contreras, his first day in action is, is scheduled to be Saturday. Yeah, that that's the plan right now. And and again, these guys are pros. They know how to get themselves ready. And uh, you know, at 36, he's a, a very uh, strong 36. He's a guy that's going to help out tremendously. So the rotation of two solid catchers for the Cubs is huge going into the season. Yeah, that's going to be important. And I, I forgot to mention, Michael Hermosillo, one of the best catches I'd seen live. That catch he had against the White Sox in center field, against the wall, very, very talent. great catch. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the flashes that we saw, sure. there's there's definitely potential there. And it's all about consistency. Mm -hmm. if, if you're a guy like Hermosillo, do, do you want to play, you know, once, twice a week. Right. No, you want to play every day. Ideally, right. that's how you how you become you know better every single day. It's a it's a building process, and w whether he's going to get that opportunity or not, that's still to be determined. But you know, hopefully, I, and that's where his head's at. He wants to go out there, put his best spring camp together, and let the chips fall where they may. And I will say, I think he resides in in, in the, the what's it called the room that uh, with the. the, the the, bi the biggest room in the house? Yep. The that's room where for he improvement. resides. That's, that's right. where yeah, Michael Hermes right. CRO rides. That, that, thank you, Cole. Bruce, thanks Anytime. for joining me. Pleasure. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Don't forget to download and subscribe uh, on Apple and Spotify. And check us out in video form on the Marquee Sports Network app and on YouTube. And stay tuned on Marquee Sports Network for all of our coverage. We got you. Cubs 360 every single day and on MarqueeSportsNetwork.com. Thanks for listening.